Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Legend of Retro. I am the Glitch, and with me is Craig WK. Great to uh, be here with you, Glitch. Uh, I, can I can I admit something to you real quick here? Yeah, are you not excited to do our Halloween episode? <laughs> uh, is this a Halloween episode? I thought we were doing the Halloween episode today. Oh, uh, I I think that one's covered, buddy. Oh, well, well, I, we might as well talk about the game anyway. I picked a special game for the Halloween episode. <laughs> When you said you wanted to lead it in, I so thought that as soon as I asked you to record, you're just gonna go. Today we're talking about Fester's Quest for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah, Fester's Quest, which is a game that I played a ton as a kid. Come to find out, this isn't as popular as I thought. Well, it's well known, but not for the reasons I think that you. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, so this uh, Fester's Quest was released on the Nintendo Entertainment System in 1989 from Sunsoft. This top-down run-and-gun adventure game shows the exploits of Uncle Fester of the Adams family thwarting an alien invasion. Yeah, a typical standard storyline right classic uncle fester oh goofy uncle fester textbook uncle fester i love the intro to this by the way encyclopedia britannica uncle Fe- oh, i'm sorry what the okay so real quick the come to find out there's no wikipedia page for this game <laughs> there's like a paragraph on like on a wikipedia page for adam's family video games like a little segment which is funny because there's actually a surprising amount of adam's family video games out there yeah yeah there's a ton yeah I, there really are i want to say I even have like two on the nes other than this one uh yeah there's i know like three on the super nintendo uh, yeah. i think sega genesis had one or two yeah there's a pugsley one on the super nintendo as well so. Yeah, Pugsley's scavenger hunt, Adam's yeah. family values, and I think just the Adam's family. Yep. Uh, all movie tie-in games. Uh, so, which, uh, I feel like we should probably start at what is the Adam's family, right? Yeah. What do you, what do you got? So, the Adam's family is a, a tremendously popular uh, sort of media series, if you will. Uh, the Adams Family was originally a series of New Yorker comics that started in 1938. Oh. Yeah. Right? Uh, eventually, it was made into a television series uh, where it fleshed out all the characters. Uh, the Adams Family joined Scooby-Doo for a crossover movie, prompting fans to request it, you know, them to have their own animated series. Do you remember those Scooby-Doo crossover movies? I do. Like where the Harlem Matt Don Trotters. Yeah, Harlem yeah. Globetrotters. Yeah, so there's an Adams Family one. And, you know, I, I think that lends itself really well to the humor of, like, Scooby-Doo because, let's face it, the Adams Family are creepy. They're a wonderful family. I hear they're spooky. <laughs> you heard right, my friend. <laughs> so all together, uh, <laughs> the Adams family. Da, 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 da. Da, da, da. Anyway, uh, so so yeah, the Adams family is. It's weird because like they're they're depicted as really gothic, really creepy, and really like morbid. They have really dark senses of humor. Like this is like kind of America's first dark comedy series. I. Uh, I, to the best of my knowledge, it's at least one of them. And 
at the core, though, is a really interesting dynamic because, you know, Gomez and Morticia Adams, the 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 mom and dad of the family, yeah. love each other. Yeah, genuinely, like they're really romantic with each other. The the passion has not left their their marriage. Uh, he gets along with Uncle Fester really well, which is Gomez's brother. You have uh, cousin It, this like weird little like pile of hair, this mo- weird monster. Uh, you have Pugsley and Wednesday, the 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 children. Yep. I uh, and then you have Lurch, the butler. He's like a gigantic monster. Yeah, he's like the Frankenstein's monster almost. Yeah. Like he, he's very like huge and like you know like kind of like uh, you know stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. And uh, the family kind of comes into play a little bit in Fester's quest as well. Uh, like with the noose item, <laughs> which is so weird. I was trying to remember in because we grew up and there was movies that came out, and I I want to say. These are kind of more towards the movies or the movies '90s. The yeah, so the uh, Adams family had a resurgence in the '90s with the 90, 1991 movie. Okay, uh, and then eventually there was Adams Family Values, which is the sequel movie, which came out in I don't know '94 or something like that, somewhere around there. So this game is playing off of the TV show. Playing off the TV show, uh, maybe a little bit of the cartoon as well, uh, because the cartoon would have been out in the '70s. Oh yeah. Uh, and to top it off, there was a 90s cartoon as well. So, like, the Adams Family has tons of series. They have the sitcoms, the movies, two cartoon series. They have actually, I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, there was a new movie this year of the Adams Family, like a new CG movie. Like a new cartoon CG movie? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I did see a com- uh, trailer for that. Yeah, so it's like crazy. The Adams Family has gotten really, Sticking really big. Sticking around. Sticking around. Well, the thing is, is, I mean, at its core, you have kind of a wholesome series dressed up with kind of like kind of gothic sort of set pieces and really kind of dark comedy humor. But really, it, it still boils down to the fact that it's kind of wholesome. The family all get along. They love each other. They they all are kind of like sort of not evil, but like insidious to a degree, you know, because of their their mannerisms and like, you know, the fact that like, you know, like in the movies, like, you know, Wednesday, like, you know, little girl is like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, let's play cowboys and Indians. And, and you know, Wednesday's willing to take it the extra step and depict what really happens like during that time. Yeah, you know? all the murder and stuff. That yeah, they had in the exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, so uh, so, you know, the Adams family has a, a, a really big charm like that. So <laughs> they took the Adams family and they were like, you know what we need to do with a game? Uncle Fester needs to fight aliens. The perfect crime. <laughs> it almost kind of is a crime against the Adams family. Because at least all the other Adams family games, I mean, you know, they, they don't really follow the source material especially well, like platformers and stuff like that. But, like, you know, I mean, they're, they're running around the Adams family's mansion or whatever, and, and that's good enough. But, like, in you know, Uncle Fester's, you know, quest, he's like wandering around shooting like toad monsters and stuff. So so let's talk about the gameplay. Yeah. Uh, so so it starts off with the alien invasion. So Fester's like moon bathing. <laughs> yeah, he's like out on a, a lawn chair. Sunglasses on. Like a nice little drink with like an umbrella. Yeah. Which I love that aesthetic. The intro is really fun because of the fact that it kind of fits the Adams family sort of, you know. Like oddity. Yeah, yeah. it's like opposite, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this 
mothership comes in and starts sucking up the city. Mm-hmm. And so the sto- essentially the story goes is that uh, Grandmama had put <laughs> a spell I forgot her. Uh, on the household where they were protected unknowingly by accident. Oh. And that's why they didn't get trapped in the alien invasion. So everyone from the family is okay. But everyone in the town has been... And so taken up, yeah. And so while the rest of the family kind of bunkers in and they're like, We're gonna like, you know, we're gonna ride this storm out, Uncle Fester's like, Give me my blunderbuss. I got this. And his whip? Yeah. Yeah, he fights with a whip. Is that what it was called? The blunderbuss? Well, that's what that type of weapon is. The big like Oh, uh, because it okay. Yeah, like the like a musket. I thought it was like well, if it has that, like, and this is kind of hard to describe, but, like, you know how uh, the uh, those types of old-timey rifles have, like, that almost funnel-like ending to them, like, yeah. at the end of the barrel? That's considered a blunderbuss. And, uh, uh, honestly, to the best of my knowledge, you can kind of load a blunderbuss with kind of whatever you want, gunpowder and fire, and it just shoots. Well, he kind of does that. I mean, so he has a bunch of different weapons. So. Yeah, so what kind of power-ups does he have? What yeah. kind of weapons yeah. do, so, does he Yeah, so, well, have? I mean, we should describe, in this game, enemies will drop power-ups, and yeah. items. Mm-hmm. They only drop so many items and so many power-ups. Uh, there's a gun power-up and a whip power-up. Mm-hmm. And But on the opposite side, there's also uh, a downgrade. So if you're walking to shoot, a, shoot an enemy and he drops a blue item that says gun, it's a power-up. But then you can also drop red guns. So you can power-up your weapon and then at the same time depower, make, it. depower it. Um, so yeah, the first thing he has is like a green slime... Type of uh, type of short goop. range. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a green goop is what I put. Um, so you you can upgrade it seven more times. So the second time it just makes it shoot further. When you get the third mm-hmm. power up, uh, he starts shooting croissants. <laughs> they kind of look like croissants. No, they're not croissants. I think I think they're supposed to be like uh, boomerangs or something like that. Yeah, they 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 almost look like a cliche form of sh- uh, shot from like a like a shoot 'em up. Yeah, you know, like an energy wave or something. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, then you get another power up. It just makes it a stronger boomerang. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get another power up. It she shoots like these like type of balls, like these black bowling ball type of things. It almost to to me it reminded me of like uh like like old cartoons. Yeah, like the musket balls. Mm-hmm. The you know what you what you would traditionally load an old timey yeah. musket with. Uh, another power up will just make it bigger. And then the final weapon you get the needle cannon from Mega Man Three. <laughs> it kind of looks like the needle cannon. He just uses like a bunch of like triangle needles. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's the most powerful weapon in the game. So essentially, you could spam the the first area of the game for like twenty minutes, just like go back and forth, kill all these enemies because they'll just respawn. Oh yeah, they they respawn quick, and you know, like the first batch of enemies in the game don't take a ton of hits. No, and it's a nice wide open area right yeah. at the start, which is very important. It's not dangerous. Well, here's the thing: there is a bug in Fester's Quest in America. Where when a shot hits a wall, it vanishes. It stops. That bug was removed for the uh, the European version. Uh, so they have the better version of the game. Our version is a lot tougher because like the, the shots in Fester's Quest, which is where a lot of people's problem with this game comes from, sort of like make like a wave pattern. They sort of like wave around back and forth, mm-hmm. left to right as they shoot out of the gun, which it, traditionally in a game would help you out a lot because it's spreading out the area, you know, makes sense. The unfortunate thing, though, is that you can do a lot of tight corridors in the game. Oh, yeah. And so they bounce in the wall and then they're gone. They don't do anything. So your enemy would be right in front of you. You'll be firing, but because of the wave pattern, it just, nothing will happen. You can't hurt the enemies that are right in front of you. And so it's 
just horrendously frustrating that like you have this game where you're firing these shots and nothing is happening because yep, it just hits the wall and mm-hmm. goes away. Yeah, because uh, you end up going into the sewers of the town. Yeah, yeah, and that's where you get into all those tight corners. Mm-hmm. Even into like some around some of the houses and stuff. I uh, you know it it you know gets pretty tough there. So. Uh, so yeah, so you have all these power ups. You can power up the whip. You also have like, uh, which you don't unlock until later in the game. It would be so much more convenient if you had that off the bat, because then it, the tight corridors wouldn't be so right. bad. And it's funny is you can still get the power ups for the whip, but it just doesn't do anything. That's so weird. So you can get uh, a. I, I mentioned it earlier. There's a noose item where it summons forth Lurch, and all the enemies on the screen are destroyed. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why Lurch just isn't taking care of this himself if he's just that powerful, but whatever. I guess, you know, Morticia and Gomez need him to serve them dinner or something. Whatever. So, like, around the town, there's all these houses. And when you go up to the houses, you have to use a key, and it's a member of the family that'll give you an item. Now, these items aren't stuff that you can pick up from enemy drops. So, the only time you can fill it up is when you pass by the house. You can fill up the item. But also, after boss fights, these do replenish. But yeah, the noose is one of them. Yep. And um, then there's like missiles. So, uh, yeah, I got the list right here. Oh, perfect. Uh, so the items that uh, the other items that enemies will drop are the bulbs, which you use to light the sewers, which I'm assuming that Fester puts in his mouth, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. That, that's his gimmick. I, yeah, yeah. So, he puts a light bulb in his mouth and it turns out, yeah, I'm sure that's got to be uh, You it. can pick up keys, which open the doors to the houses. Uh, and then money. Now, do you know what the money is used for? No, I'm not sure. So you have a health bar. And when you start the game, you only have two bars of health. Yeah, not so much. if you get hit twice, you're dead. That's another yeah. thing that people had an issue with with this game. So, but anyways, you get hit by an enemy, you lose a health. Around the game, around this whole map, there's all these hot dog stands. Oh, right, the hot dog stands. And five dollars will get you a hot dog. And a health point. Health, hot dogs help your health, apparently. Uh, they shouldn't, but... Uh, but it is the opposite, because it's, it's the Adam's Yeah, all right, fair enough. That's, that's true. I know, I was like, hot dogs for health... That sounds like a bad idea. Yeah, really. really but what does. is he going to eat? Carrots? No. No, right. not not no, not uh, faster. So there's the the news which, like you said, Lurch will come and clear out all the enemies on the screen, which is actually a really useful item. Oh yeah, especially when the 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 enemies start respawning and bogging you down and stuff like that. That's a great one. There's a vice grip, which is an item used uh, to help Fester when he gets attacked by a certain enemy. There's uh there's these enemies that are like these giant floating heads. Yeah, yeah. And when you shoot at them, they shoot out these things, which I guess are mosquitoes. Yeah, like some type Come of to find out, whatever, I had yeah. no idea what, what he was shooting out. But uh-huh. if it hits you, it slows you down, which is a speedrunner's nightmare, because oh, you need yeah. the vice grips to use to speed yourself back up. Right, right. Um, and that enemy enemy is called the Skeeters. Skeeters, okay. Uh, you get a potion, which uh. Also gives you health. Mm-hmm. Uh, invisibility, which gives you invisibility for 10 seconds. Missiles, like you said, which uh, you just like aim it at a certain enemy and it'll just shoot like 10 missiles out and it'll get him. And then the TNT, which is a pretty cool item. Yeah, how does the TNT work? So he just drops it on the ground, runs away, and as soon as the enemy touches it, it explodes. Oh, it's like a little mine. Oh, that's so cool. So you could drop like a whole line of TNT <laughs> and it won't go off until an enemy touches it. That's pretty cool. I like that. Uh, now, now, Glitch, before we keep talking about this... Uh, uh, game you know a little bit more in depth here yeah i i did want to ask uh what was so so this is a game you had in your household along with three stooges it was another kind of obscure one i was that gonna you bring had. that up because we just did an episode on the three stooges uh, so the nes was and i've said this before i have an older brother joe 
who the NES was his growing up. Mm-hmm. So he's the one that I don't know if he chose the games, but or if it was like my mom was like, "Oh, the Three Stooges, I know that. Oh, Adam's Family, I know that." <laughs> But my brother had the most obscure game. So, like, growing up, I was like, oh, yeah, I got the NES, and I got the classics, like Super Mario Brothers 3, Squoon. And it was like, Squoon? What, what's Squoon? I was like, yeah, you don't know Squoon and Tag Team Wrestling? So, like, I had all these games, which I came to the realization last night that I played a lot of horrible games growing up, Craig. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think... I think that might be why I'm making you guys play all these horrible games. Is this like repressed childhood trauma that you're inflicting on us? This is the, I had to endure these games Mm -hmm. and be like, hey, you want to play some fun games? How about we play some (sighs) Fester's Quest, Craig? (laughs) Some Fester's Quest. (laughs) So my experience with Fester's Quest comes years after it was released. So I, I... you know, if you're into, you know, retro gaming and stuff and you watch like, you know, videos on YouTube and stuff, you very likely have heard of the angry video game nerd. Yeah. It's a series of comedy videos where he just gets obscenely angry at all this stuff. I had never heard of Fester's Quest and I saw that episode and I was like, it can't be that bad. And I threw it in and I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, it's that bad. And I. Uh, and it's funny because, like, you know, when you know the history of the game and the fact that, like, you know, it has this bug that, you know, kind of just messes you up when it comes to trying to shoot the gun, the main form of combat in the game, you know, it like, not that it becomes, like, forgivable, but you could sort of understand, like, oh, this game would have been so much better. And in Europe it was, you know. In Europe it, it was fixed or whatever. Yeah, I can see, like liking this game a little more if the difficulty wasn't so high Mm -hmm. but this is a game that i beat as a kid so like in my head this isn't like a difficult game and i don't understand why everyone has such a hard time with it i mean look at it this way glitch if if you were were given the task to to you know i don't know like run a triathlon and you know you you got like weight strapped to you or whatever, and you knew nothing else but run it. Like everyone else was just running, and you were running with these weights on your back. When you finally like got rid of the weights and like the everything was over, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, it's difficult." You'd be like, "Oh well, I mean, you know, it's not so bad, right?" Like you got used to it. You were you were very accustomed to the the crummy bug that kind of messed up the game. This is true. This is true. <laughs> so you know, I don't I don't know. I. Uh, I wouldn't say that this is a like an inherently bad game. I would say that there was a uh, just an unfortunate sort of you know flaw in but in the bug. Here's the thing though: is the bug really the reason why this game is so bad? There's there are a lot of more reasons why this game is bad. I mean, that's why I was frustrated with the game is the fact that like the gun was just annoying to use. I, I guess another uh, annoying kind of thing about the game is the fact that it doesn't explain. The power-ups, like that, you know, red is what? Red is bad and blue is good? Yeah. They don't explain that in the game. Like, if you have the instruction manual, maybe that was, you know, listed there. It actually does in the instruction manual. But, you know, these days, who has a lot of instruction manuals lying around unless you own the game as a kid, you know? And so, you know, that was another frustrating thing is it just felt like the gun was just bouncing around and you didn't know what was going on. Like, well, a minute ago it was fine. What happened, you know? Well, here's the thing that drives people crazy. Uh, So you, you make your way through the town. You get to the sewer. Make your way out of the sewer, and you're on this other part of the map. Mm-hmm. 
So like when you first you know start the game, this there's this area that's kind of like trenched out, like you can't pass through it. Sure. So when you get out of the sewer, you're on the other side of it. And you're like, okay, I get it. I'm advancing through the map. Yeah. So you find this building. You're like, oh, there's a there's a white building here. I'm gonna I'm gonna go inside and see what's in there. Sure, sure. Uh, so you go inside of it, and actually, this is I thought was kind of cool about the game. You go into like a first person perspective. Oh yeah, that's right. The the weird little like uh, it turns into three D maze yeah, things. It's, it's like uh, the old style dungeon like uh, first dungeon person crawler games. Yeah, dungeon yeah. crawlers. Um, so you got to traverse through this this maze inside this building. Well, there's nothing inside that building. <laughs> Actually, I mean, there is one thing. The one thing is, is if you push yourself into a dead end wall, there's a specific wall. You get an extra point of health. That's cool, but. But I wonder how many hours people spent walking back into this building, going through and finding there's only one door and being like, okay, so what's the point of this building? Yeah. So you go back into the sewers, you come back out, another white building. So what are you going to think? Well, I don't need to go in these buildings. Why Why do I need to go in these buildings? There's nothing <laughs> in these buildings. But you do because there's a boss in that building. Ah, uh, yes. There's a... Uh, 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 some really interesting boss designs in this game. I gave them all nicknames, by the way. So I got oh. some nice nicknames for you. Oh, uh, then by all means, give me some nicknames. Uh, so the first boss you encounter, uh, I call him the, the the bald guy from Ghouls. Have you ever seen the movie Ghouls? I from, have uh, not. From the 80s. Uh, there's like this little creature that's got a bald head and like lengthy arms. So okay, like, just all like right. him. All right. Uh, the next boss you encounter is uh, Beastman from He-Man. Holding Beastman? Beastman. <laughs> Uh, then there's the creature who wears the Skyrim helmet. Okay. Uh, then you face, uh, uh, Toka from, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. <laughs> uh, and then you face Snakehead Lizard. Ah, Snakehead yep, Lizard. Yep, the good old Snakehead Lizard. So, I, I have a, a question about, and I think it was the one that you mentioned that had the, the horns on his helmet or yeah. whatever. So... To me, that that uh, uh, boss looked very demonic, but like in a Judeo-Christian sort of sense, it looked almost like like very like Baphomet style. If mm-hmm. you're familiar with that demon, and it has yeah. hooves too. Yeah, yeah. But the the other thing that really caught me off guard as I'm watching this playthrough of the game is it has a sword. Mm-hmm. Okay, a little weird, but all right, whatever. That's fine, you know. And a shield with a cross on it. Oh, did it have a cross on it? It has a cross on it, along with like another design too. And so, like, what is this weird Judeo-Christian demon guy with this like shield with a cross on it doing with the alien invasion? Love Jesus, or I'll kill you. <laughs> I guess I don't know. I I just I thought that was really bizarre. Like, did the did this alien like like come down and like not like knock off a church to get this stuff? Like, what He's happened? He's the pastor for the aliens, Craig. Don't you understand? I didn't understand until now, so yeah. I appreciate you, there you uh, go. Clarify. Yeah, yeah. clarifying that for me. No problem. Yeah, so so the enemy design and stuff is is kind of cool. You know, the bosses look pretty neat. Uh, the bosses aren't as difficult as you might think because they like you know there, there's enough room in the chamber that you can kind of move around their attacks and stuff. You know, yeah, and so, they all have patterns. Oh sure, yeah. sure, yeah. There, there's you know nothing too difficult there. I. Uh, and like you know the the monster designs in general, like the weird little like frog monster alien guys, like you know there's there's some pretty cool looking stuff. Uh, is there any particular enemies that you really enjoyed, or any boss that you really like caught you caught you off guard or something? I, I don't know if I really enjoyed any of the bosses. There's a lot of enemies I couldn't stand. Oh yeah, and 
uh, it's a lot of the frogs because the frogs will just hop towards you. Yeah. And some of them take like one or two hits. Mm-hmm. Some of them take like 20 hits. <laughs> yeah, and the problem the is there's no scale hits. to this game. You could literally encounter one of these frogs in like the first part of the game you like as you're walking towards the first sewer. Guess what? Here's one of these and they're different colored uh, bright pink frogs. And it's just like keeps bouncing towards you. Like, man, that frog I killed like two seconds ago took two hits. <laughs> what's going on with this guy? And they start shooting fire at you, and you're like, oh my god, what's going on? Yeah, so the scaling isn't that great in the game, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, I, I enjoyed, I, I think the the first boss is kind of cool, because he just like kind of throws his arms at you. And oh that's yeah, he you, looks really cool. That's I where like you that first one. learn, oh, these guys have patterns. Yeah. So it kind of helps you with that. Um, so you, you essentially, the whole point is, you defeat a boss, and he gives you a clue. On your pause menu, there's like this box in the corner that says clue, and every time you kill a boss, you get like a little piece of it, like a puzzle. Yeah, it's like the picture of the spaceship, essentially, yeah, it, right? It's pretty obvious once you get like the second clue, like, oh, okay, this is going to be a spaceship. <laughs> oh, it's a spaceship. I mean, is it the plans? Like, is it the the map for the spaceship? You don't get a map. Yeah, you don't. So I don't get the whole point of the clue. Like, he saw the alien invasion happen. Like, did yeah. he forget? Like, wait. What's going on? I need some clues. Maybe it is supposed to be blueprints or something. You know, I don't know. But they don't give you a map when you get on the spaceship. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, so you get the clues. And it's very linear, by the way. There's no, like, I forgot to get this clue. I got to go back. It's, you know, you beat a boss. It sends you to a new sewer. You go through it. It sends you to a new building. Like, it's not. You can't get lost in the game, essentially. Yeah, not really, which is which is to its credit, I think, a game like this, because, yeah. you know, it's it's a top-down adventure-style game. You know, if you look at something like Legend of Zelda, you know, you, you can definitely get lost in a game like that. You know, you can spend hours wandering around and never find hardly anything. You know, monsters and caves and stuff, sure, but, like, you know, you might not find the dungeon you're looking for or whatever. But at least in this game, yeah, it's a little bit more linear in that sense where it's like, oh, here you go, here's the next sewer, here's the next area, and it just kind of keeps you moving. Yeah, so you, you beat the bosses, you go up to the mothership, and the, the actually the, the level for the ship is really huge. I want to say mm-hmm. it's, it's even bigger than the the town map. Like that's how much you got to walk through this place oh. to get to the bo- the final boss fight, which is like a giant machine. Yeah, it's like shoots lasers at you. Yeah, I thought the the final boss was not unfitting for a game. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's spaceship and it's aliens mm-hmm. and stuff. You know, it wasn't like I thought it was out of place, but it was interesting that you had all these like humanoid type monster alien guys as bosses. And then the final boss is this giant, like, robot machine thing, and it's like, oh, okay, I mean, yeah, I, I could have guessed, <laughs> I guess, but, you know, it wasn't anything that crazy. Uh, so the first time I beat this game, mm-hmm. uh, I remember I had all my potions, I had all my health, um, I got my, you know, my noose for the alert, so I, I get to the boss fight, and I'm like, oh, what, what's going on? There's no pattern here. There literally is no pattern for the final boss fight. Come to find out later down the road, there's actually, like, spots on the screen you can stand where you don't get hit. But anyways. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm fighting this boss fight, and it's getting intense. I got my three things of health. There's a fourth. I'll get to that later, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't find that. Uh, so I, I got my three things of health. So I'm using my missiles. I'm using my TNT. I'm refilling my health. I'm using yeah, yeah. invisibility. So I'm going. I'm going. This thing's not dying. I use my last thing of health. So I'm like out of everything, and I got my whip, and I'm just you know using it like crazy, and I, I, I get hit. I'm like, oh, down to two. Go, go, go. Get hit. Down to one. Hit, hit, hit boss dies oh nice and i was like oh my god that was so close and i beat the game and i was pretty excited about that the first time i beat the game uh 
because it is it's very difficult mm-hmm. uh very difficult game and what something that i think really irritates a lot of people there's a continue button when you die okay but it doesn't make you continue from where you were you get all the items you had it drops you off at the start you of the game you go all the way to the beginning of the game oh like Link's Adventure. You don't have to Ugh. refight any of the bosses because, like, when you go back through, because I did this, you go back through, uh, and when you get into one of the buildings where there's one of the bosses, you just enter the room and it kicks you back out. Oh, I to gotcha. continue to, to continue go through the game, so you don't have to refight any of the bosses, which is kind of cool. But yeah. why wouldn't they just drop you off at the last boss you fight? I don't know before the alien. Yeah, that's frustrating. I, I guess maybe like the, in their heads it was like, well, this way you'll get to build back up your weapons and stuff. But it's like, but, you know, we have all our stuff, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, what were you saying about the last uh, health? So the, th- there's a fourth health. And so when you're walking around the game and it's kind of towards the end, there's this gigantic mansion mm-hmm. on the map. But there's it's surrounded by bushes. So I was like, you know, the first time I played, I was like, oh, you probably get to that later, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or maybe there's another sewer. So I'd, I'd walk around in the sewers, and I'd always get to these dead ends. And I'm like, there's only one set of stairs that leads you out. So it, it, like I said, the game's very linear. So there's really no way to kind of go the wrong way. Yeah. Well, years down the road, I'm watching, like, walkthroughs of this game. You essentially just walk through a line of bushes. There's a spot of bushes where it has, really? a, like, wall, and that's how you get to it. It's kind of like an Easter egg, I guess. Oh, and so when you go up to this giant mansion, you open the door, it's the Adams family, and it plays the dun 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 song. And in, uh-huh. the, in the back, it's like a still image. In the background, there's this moose mounted on the wall with its antlers like moving around. Weird. Yeah, it's very odd. But as soon as you leave, you get your fourth health. Oh, okay. So so it's supposed to be like the Adams family mansion or whatever, and you've gone back to. And they help you out or whatever. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, so, but then when you eat the game, there's another still image. Sort of, uh, of the family surrounded by all the townspeople and they're cheering and like yeah, everyone's super excited about yeah. Fester. Yeah, so Fester uh, saves the day. Yeah, he sure does. He had a quest and he did it. Uh, so glitch. Uh, before we we move on to uh, uh, another more important topic, <laughs> uh, what I uh, what did you find about like speedrunning? Speed running? Yeah, so I got some stuff for speedrunning, but I did want to point out one uh-huh. thing: Nintendo Life rated this game a one out of ten. I don't know. This is a one out of ten. I can see it being lower, yeah. but like, like one a one out of ten. I could see one. And a half. I, I feel like I see one as like you pick it up, you play it for a minute, and you're like, oh wow, this is bad, and you set it down. But if I, I think if you if you get a little bit more into it, yeah. it's not so bad. Yeah. Don't be wrong. This isn't a phenomenal game. Well, <laughs> it has some things about it that are really nice. So we'll, we'll get to that though. Uh, Watch what you say, Craig. You might regret it. <laughs> Uh, but actually, so I'm going to give you a tip. I'm going to give everyone a tip on speedrunning. Go get this game and try this out. It'll make the game infinitely easier. Yeah. So there's a thing called the key glitch. Okay. Now, I think it was a way for them to save memory in the game. There's technically only three maps in the game. There's the town map, which, you know, when you come in and out of the sewers, you're essentially on this one map. You're just okay. going to different parts. And they kind of made it like a perfect square. Sure. Same thing with the sewers. The sewers are all together on one map <clears throat> perfect square and then the alien uh ship okay. is all one map so i guess in a way for them to save memory when you enter the boss fight it's usually like this black screen you're just on this yeah. black screen and then you're fighting the boss well mm-hmm. technically you're on the town map 
in the top left corner. And all they did was just put a black like background between you and the town map. Okay. Well, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. In the top left corner of the town map, there's a house where Thing gives you an invisibility, invisibility potion. Oh. So if you walk to the area of that screen where there technically is the door for the house, mm-hmm. it opens the door, Thing gives you a potion, it sends you back to the boss fight, and because it doesn't know where to put the boss, it puts him in a part of the screen which he can't stand and it destroys the boss automatically. Really? So this key glitch, you open the key, come back out, boss is dead. That's really funny. So you don't have to do any boss fights. It works on the final boss. But Seriously? But, so I used to speed run this game. Uh-huh. I, well, I didn't used to speed run it technically. I, I did some attempts when I was streaming on Twitch. Some decent attempts. I spent like uh, a couple days on it. And I remember I was getting a really good time, and I got to the final boss, and I tried the key glitch. And it soft-locked the game. So it froze oh. it. So technically it wasn't a finished run because I didn't get the end credits. Right, right. I guess on the final boss specifically, and I guess because it's a giant boss and it kind of, you know, you don't have a lot of room to stand, you have to be like on the steps of the house. Otherwise, you freeze the game. So if you approach it from the bottom and use the key, you won't get soft locked. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. So, I mean, I, because back when I was speedrunning this game, there was only like four times, there was only four slots, and it was like a half hour. And I remember I was on pace for like, Second place, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna get a second I, at this yeah, time." Yeah. I, no, I didn't even wasn't even speeding uh, speedrunning Contra at this time. Like that's how early I was putting. Oh this game. wow! Yeah, it was one of the first games I did a speedrun for, and I was like, "Man, I'm gonna get a number two time on a on a game that's pretty cool, you know, whatever." Yeah, yeah. So and then it froze, and then I never picked it back up. Well, then they found this other glitch called the noose glitch. So mm-hmm. if you walk into walls, use the noose, uh, use the whip, and then use the noose, it kind of sets you on the first tile. Mm-hmm. of the wall and you get stuck and it puts you kind of underground kind of like how i showed you in links to the past oh okay all right and then you can kind of walk around there and use the news it gets you back out so they use these glitches now uh the any percent held by uh uh wakas is mm-hmm. 14 minutes and 31 seconds wow which i think is pretty good yeah yeah, yeah i'd say so yeah uh, and then there's uh, a glitch list, which doesn't use any of the glitches, which is still 23 minutes and 53 seconds. That's still pretty good. Yeah. Not, you know, uh, not even using a single glitch or anything. Interesting. Yep. Uh, so, Glitch, I tell you what, is there any other thoughts you have before we uh, uh, jump into the music of the game? I mean, other than the realization that mm-hmm. I've been playing all these terrible games my entire life, <laughs> I think we're good to go and check out the music. What about uh, you? Yeah, let's go ahead. Uh, this is this this is the the subject where I shine. This All is right. where I'm a Viking. Okay. Let's go ahead and take a uh, brief pause. Get a word from one of our sponsors, and we'll we will be back. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history, and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there. And it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle. And it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Boom-shakalaka! All right, Glitch. So, this is really interesting to me because I, I never really played this game that much. I played it like for a few minutes, so I didn't really remember much from it. Mm-hmm. But I started listening to the music, and I was like, well, why is this pretty good? And sure enough, this is a Sunsoft game. The music was composed by 
Naoki Kodaka, who has done some amazing work for Sunsoft. He worked on Blaster Master, Batman, Journey to Silius, Gremlins 2, The New Batch, Euphoria, The Saga, Super Fantasy Zone, and the Albert Odyssey series. This game has an amazing composer <laughs> working for it. And, you know, it's it's so weird because, like, I I just, like, went into the game thinking, like, okay, the music's going to be garbage. And I heard the intro, and I was like, well, the intro's, you know, not not crazy or anything. It's not bad. But I, I can get behind this. And by the time I hear the music for just, like, the outside overworld theme and then the boss music, I was like, what is this? How is this so good? Yeah. And we should point out the gameplay is a lot similar to how Blaster Master is like the overview, like the character oh, sprite. Yeah, it uses and the, the same engine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the well, not the Blaster Master side-scrolling stuff, but when it's the overhead view, this game uses that same game yep. engine. Yep, which is an interesting note. Uh, so I tell you what, let's, let's go ahead and uh, play the intro song first and give that a listen, and we'll work our way up to that uh, wonderful, wonderful boss theme. <laughs> just real simple you know real soft that's the intro to the game i uh, but let's go ahead and listen to the uh, theme of the outside to the game You can totally see my surprise when it goes from that intro, which is you know nice, you know not bad, you know pretty simple, to the like overworld music or whatever. Like it's such a uh, you know big jump there. Yeah, that's a great song, I, I, and it it doesn't have like a very short track either, so it's kind of long, so it doesn't make it seem like yeah. There's oh, a, I'm listening to the song over and over again. Right, exactly. There's enough uh, enough depth <clears throat> to it there. Now, uh, uh, here's another one we want to listen to. This is the title theme. Uh, we get him a, got him a little out of order this time, but let's go ahead and uh, give this guy a listen. <laughs>
And there we hear, of course, the the Adams family theme worked into the uh, the game. There, yeah, that sounds great. I love that. Now, this is probably my favorite uh, uh, of the tracks in the game. This is the boss theme. The overworld I really like too, but I really enjoyed the uh, boss theme. Let's give this guy a quick listen. Love it. It's great. Super intense. And, and it. Oh, I'm sorry. Go on. No, I was gonna say it. And it's. It, it, you know, the first boss fight you you encounter, you're like, oh man, what's going on? Because it just like spits you into the boss fight. Because you, you're in that first person perspective. Yeah. And you're walking through, and as soon as you hit the door, it's like instant. Music starts. Bosses in your face. Black background. And you're like, what? Where am I? What's, what is going what on? What is going on? So yeah, the, the music perfect for that boss fight. Yeah. They the the. The composer who who worked on all, like so many of these Sunsoft games, uh, Naoki Kodaka, is so good. Like that is such an amazing lineup of, of video game soundtracks. Uh, you know, most of which on the Nintendo. Yeah, and I should point out that's actually also the Alien Ship song too. So as you're going through the the ship, that's the song that plays. Okay, that's awesome. So it increases the intensity. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so so glitch tell uh, tell me any what are your final thoughts on Fester's quest um I say you know it's a pretty cheap game I'm pretty sure on eBay it still runs for like five bucks so you know get it or you know hack your NES whatever <laughs> um, uh, play it and you know give it a decent try it's not as bad as I think a lot of people lead on yeah. once you get familiar with it I think uh, you'll enjoy it but it doesn't have a lot of replay through. So it doesn't have a yeah a lot of replay. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I I think that that of all the like you know legendarily terrible games out there, this might be about the best of them. You yeah. know, like like of the the games that like angry video game nerd has ripped apart. You know, like stuff like that. You know, I I think this is one of the better ones. So I think that it's at least worth more than the five minutes I gave it. You know, however many years ago, I I think that it's it's certainly worth more than that. Give it a half hour. If you still hate it, then hey, you tried it, you know. But but you know the music's great, and you know, at the end of the day, isn't that what it's all about? Glitch the video game music. Yes, it is, Craig. Thank you. You were right. <laughs> Let's go ahead and jump on into our retro relapse. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for retro relapse on the Legend of Retro podcast. Retro relapse. So. Yes. You gave us a a really interesting game. And and I'm surprised that this somehow did not make it onto a an episode with Sean the Arcade Phantom because of his connection to uh to us and uh, Noiseland Arcade, our Simpsons podcast for the network. Because uh we played Bart Simpson's Escape from Camp Deadly. And you guys did not escape. 
No, we did not. You did not at all. Uh, this was surprisingly difficult. It was kind of tough. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a certain point in the game that we couldn't really figure out very well. It's like, uh, uh, what was it? It was like a uh, like a boss in like the treehouse, treehouse or whatever. Yeah. And like we couldn't get past this guy. Like we kept loading on damage, and like nothing seemed to work. I don't know if there's something special you have to do, or if it's just that tough. He takes that many hits. I was so tempted last night to pull up like a playthrough of this game and see like what you're supposed to do in that yeah. encounter. But I was like, man, that's not what we do for a truly lapse. I can't. Like, yeah. I don't want to do that. Just honest. But yeah, uh, you know, you start off is Bart, and you you got like what? Do you have a weapon when you start? It was uh, you throw rocks, right? Yeah, I think so. And then you get like oh, a boomerang, boomerang or something. Later. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Uh, and you guys climbed up this tree, and then they were, you're in this treehouse with uh, this guy who's impossible to beat, apparently, because there was a point where Chops put, like, like 100 bullets into this guy and was shooting his boomerang at him, and he was doing nothing. Yeah, it was really weird. I, uh, I'm i not really sure. I'm sure there must be something that you have to do, but, like, it's not very apparent. You know, they don't make it very well known. It's a yeah. Game Boy platformer, you know, from, from 91 uh, or 1990. Um this would have been uh, uh, 1991, uh, which is interesting because I think this game came out before the Camp Krusty episode. Yeah, because that's why it's Camp Deadly. Well, it's just weird that and like Mr. Burns runs it. Yeah, that's so weird that like they a, a very strong Mr. Burns. He's very fit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems really weird. But let's face it, back in the Simpsons era of 91, you know, you had Mr. Burns who was just the tyrannical villain. He wasn't really the weak old man that they eventually started depicting him as. Uh, well, maybe a little bit at that point, but not like, you know, as many episodes as we have now, of course. But uh, uh, yeah, so, I mean, all in all, I mean, the controls didn't feel terrible. The controls, you know, for jumping and running around and stuff and shooting weapons, like they they didn't feel too sluggish or 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 messy of of or loose of controls or whatever, you know. So I mean, like all in all, I feel like this game isn't terrible for what it is—a platformer on the Game Boy. But you know, you know, because you have like sound bites and stuff of Bart like saying what, like "Eat my shorts" or yep. whatever and stuff. It you says, know, "I carumba when he dies." I carumba, yep. yeah. You know, so I mean, you know, there's there's some redeeming Simpsons stuff here if you're a big fan of the Simpsons, but like maybe not so much if you're not. I think just you guys not getting be able to pass that boss really makes me want to score pretty low. Yeah, it well, I mean, it wasn't like we were that bad either. Like we hit the boss quite a few times. There had to be some special gimmick, or maybe it just takes so many hits. Well, there's so there's this hole in the in the floor of the treehouse, and there was a certain point where like, oh, maybe you got to knock him into the hole. Yeah, but I mean, when Chops was putting so much hurt on this guy. He wasn't like backing up or anything like that. So it's not like you could hit him into it. Right. So we had no idea. And if you fall in the hole, you die. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just very confusing. We, I mean, I'm sure we're missing. We're obviously missing something. Sure. But without the direction, it didn't seem like we really knew what to do. Mm-hmm. So, so Glitch, what do you uh, rate this on the old uh, scale? So there is the charm of the voice acting. So uh, And it does have a Wikipedia page, which festers question. So. <laughs> I'll give a little bit for that. Uh, I'm going to give it a two and a half. I mean, I, I, I'm going to say a three out of eight. Okay. I, and that's mostly because of The Simpsons. If there was no Simpsons stuff in this game, I'd probably be like, well, one out of eight. This is stupid or I hate it. <laughs> but I'm a huge fan of The Simpsons. I, uh, you know, 
Uh, in fact, uh, Glitch has been on some of the episodes of uh, Noiseland Arcade that we've done. So make sure yeah, to check, check out, those. Check um, out Noiseland Arcade. Most recently, you were on Lisa's Pony. Yep. Uh, which is a great episode. So make sure to check that episode out. Uh, at this point, that would have been out for a little bit, but mm-hmm. that's okay. You get to hear the glitch I'll be back. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I have something to talk to you about the, at the end of the show. I'll be back when I take over at season 11. <laughs> there we go. That, that actually is more likely. Uh, so I tell you what, let's go ahead and uh, chat about our uh, music bracket. Yeah, round two. And I, it, we're, I'm having a really hard time with round two. These, these are some tough, tough competitions. So off the bat, we have two themes. One is is... Is complete opposites. Yeah, they're pretty much are complete opposites. Though they are the theme of female characters, so there's there's oh, that. Yeah, that's right. Know, we got two females going up against yeah, each other. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh we have uh, mm. uh the first first up, let's just go ahead and go one at a time here. So first up is Zelda's Lullaby, the theme of Princess Zelda from The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, which is of course composed by Koji Kondo. The oh, legend. Great Koji Kondo. The legend himself. We all know him. He's the composer of Mario and Zelda and, you know, all this stuff from Nintendo. So uh, let's go ahead and give this a listen. Very mild, soft, very, you know, very soothing. Very beautiful. Yeah, it is an immensely beautiful track, uh, for sure. And what it's going against is almost the opposite of that. It is the theme of Carmilla from Castlevania Judgment. Still beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, but a different kind of beautiful. (laughs) Uh, This was composed by uh, Yasuashi Asada. Uh, and essentially, this is an arrangement. Uh, this is the basically it's bloody tears from Castlevania. Yeah, it's like a remix, like a electric guitar remix version of uh, Bloody Tears. And uh, it's great, like, but it is totally the opposite of Zelda's lullaby. This is not a lullaby. <laughs> Get ready to rock out. <laughs> so let's go ahead and uh, give uh, uh, Carmilla's theme a listen.
is a very tough one. That was wild. So as soon as he clicked this, the play button for this song, just like 20 people ran into the room and just started mosh pitting. It was really <laughs> weird. I don't know what just happened. So when it comes to voting uh, for our music bracket, you not only have our Facebook page, you have our Twitter account for Legend of Retro. You also get a vote when you're a part of our Discord. So make sure to go to GameZillaMedia.com and join up on our Discord. You can chat with us there about retro video games and a bunch of other topics. On top of that, you also have an extra vote if you're a member of our Patreon. For as low as a dollar a month, you can, of course, uh, get a bonus vote for our music brackets there. So that's four ways to vote, four ways to make your voice heard. Yeah, we got a Patreon page. If you go over to patreon.com slash GameZoneMedia, that's where you can join one, just a dollar. That's all it takes. Show us some support. Give us that dollar. You get that extra vote. You also get early access to your Retro Relapse videos. But what happens when they decide they want to pay $5 a month oh, to support the if show? If you want to pay $5, one thing happens. Two things happen. One, Jay will probably come to your house and give you a hug. I don't know if you want that or not, so you could probably send a message like, hey, I don't know, I don't want that hug. But you also get an extra episode a month from us, Legend of Retro. You get our Game Shark episode, which is usually topics about what's our favorite games from each console. Uh, we did our draft for this music bracket here, so you can find out who picked what. You get the inside info mm -hmm. on that. But it doesn't end there. You get every additional show and perk from the other shows on our network you get last action podcast you get noiseland arcade noobs and dragons game Silla media so you get all their extra perks five dollars it's a deal oh absolutely legend of retro is a part of the Gamezilla media network and i mean for five dollars a month you get everything we offer yeah. which is exciting especially if you like our other shows and stuff you know if you're a fan of the network you know make sure to consider that uh it's a bonus for you yeah, fans. absolutely. It's it's you know it. We couldn't be doing the show without our patrons, and so you know that's just a small part that we can you know small way we can give back you know to everyone who supports us. Uh, but I uh, glitch. I think it's about time that we uh, sign off for uh, today. Yeah, it's been a creepy episode. <laughs> it's sure this, this was a great Halloween special for 2020. Is that what we're gonna save this episode for? Up, up, up. When the bracket's over. <laughs> we'll see you next time when the legend continues. continues.